Hello there, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. So glad you're here today. I am, y'all, get it first to say, glad to be here. Glad to be sitting down just chatting with you because today has already been a day, okay? It's been one of those days. Actually, it's been one of those seasons lately where I feel like anything that can go wrong will go wrong and it's like all happening at once. Love that for us. Love that because we're about to have a baby. <laughs> but oh man, so like this morning our dryer isn't working, so I've been thankfully we live on my parents' property currently and so I've been walking across the driveway to run loads of laundry at my parents' house. And then this morning we were about to leave somewhere and my car wouldn't start and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? What is happening? But that's that's how it goes sometimes. That's how the cookie crumbles. And uh, it's so funny, you guys, because then I came home and I immediately got on an interview with Christy Nelson, who wrote the book, Wake Up Grateful. If you have been following me on Instagram, I actually used to post more about what I was reading, um, but I've been posting this one because it's been so good. But I interviewed her for the show and it was all about gratitude and <laughs> just changing your perspective to see the little things that are good in your life. And I was like, okay, y'all, it's so funny. Sometimes I sit down for these podcast interviews and I'm like, huh, you know, if I'm the only one who needed to hear that, that, that was enough. Like, <laughs> It's so funny. Like how it just works that way a lot of the time. I'm like, man, I have these ideas where I'm like, oh, it'd be so fun to cover this topic or interview this person on the show. And then I sit down and I'm like, okay, well, that was literally exactly what I needed to hear right now. So anyway, all of that to say, life is a little bit crazy right now, but thought it'd be the perfect time to sit down and do another Q&A because we're getting ready for this baby, y'all. She's going to be here really soon. So I thought I'd do one more like little check-in chatty episode before she gets here because life is about to get wild in the best way and we're so excited. So let's dive into these questions. I was asking you guys on Instagram if you had any questions for me, anything that you wanted to know about and lots of baby questions. So I will try to kind of loop those in the beginning and then I'll answer some of these other questions that we've got. So first one was, have we decided on a name for baby sis? Yes, we have. We are going to save it until she's born though. Here's the thing. I know everybody's like, oh my gosh, I want to know. It's so exciting to know. However, y'all, if you've been pregnant or you're a mom, you know that people are ruthless. There's nothing people won't say to a pregnant woman. Okay. There's no opinion people won't share about parenting to someone who's a parent at any stage, at any time, for any reason without being asked for their opinion. And so, oh gosh, it was so funny. So our our son's name is Judah River Hughes. Judah River, we call him Jude. And we've always loved that name, like never had any doubts that that was going to be our son's name. But when we told my grandma that we were going to name our son Judah, she was like, are you sure? That's kind of out there. Like that's a little bit weird. And I was just thinking, really, Judah? that's out there. Like some of the names we could have chosen it. And I mean, I feel like that's not too far out there, but okay. I mean, people are always going to have an opinion no matter what. So we've just decided not only because this is just a really sweet pregnancy that we want to soak up all, like all that we can for ourselves in the season, 
but also because, you know, I just don't want to hear people's opinions. <laughs> not that I think anybody would say anything bad about this name. Like we're not naming her anything weird. If you are interested to see kind of the vibes of names that we're going for or the names that I like, I did post on my Instagram and TikTok reels of baby names that I love, but won't be using. I did a boy one and a girl one. So some of the names that I really liked for a girl are Rosalie. I have a great aunt named Rosalie. I think the name Rosie is so cute. Um, and then what else was on that list? I like names like Goldie, Daisy, um, Elena, things that are kind of like, you know, they're pretty, they're feminine. I like the older classic timeless names. I like the sweet kind of like hippie names, whatever. Like I just, I like a wide range of names, but mostly things that are sweet. But one thing is for sure I am very picky about how the name flows with the last name, which is, you know, for a girl, honestly, doesn't matter too much because if she grows up and gets married one day, it's going to change. So whatever. But for now, at least it has to go with Hughes. And then I would like for it to flow with Judah's name. So there were some names where I was like, no, I don't like, I don't like how that sounds with Jude. I don't like how it sounds with Hughes. Um, but we, what we decided on for her, I think is just so perfect. Like we actually had decided on a name and then all of a sudden Christopher was like, I don't like that anymore. I was like, excuse me, we had a plan, but we talked through a couple more ideas and we came to this conclusion. Actually, it was so funny because I'll give you guys a little hint. Not that I feel like it would really give it away, <laughs> but when we were in Scotland last year, we were driving and we passed a sign that said, so-and-so road, like it was a road sign, the name of a road. And Christopher was like, huh, I like that for a girl name. And I was like, you know, I actually really do too. And I've never heard it before. I will say, I don't know anybody who has this name. I've never heard it used as a name. Like it's definitely not a common name, but it's not weird either. Okay. You guys, it's not weird. But anyway, to answer that question, the long answer is all of that. Short answer is yes, and you will know very soon. <laughs> Second question is, how does Jude feel about being a big brother? You guys, I shared a few stories on the podcast, especially in the episode where I shared the Miracle Baby story and like finding out we're pregnant with our daughter. But it's so funny. Like he goes back and forth between, oh my goodness, I can't wait to meet sister. It's going to be so fun. And like, the other side where he just is, doesn't get it. He The thing about Judah is he's very analytical. He has like an engineering mind of just like trying to figure things out. So some of the conversations I've had with him, granted he is, he's three and he'll be four around the time she's born. But this kid is just so funny. So he will ask me, Hey mom, when's that baby coming out? And I'll be like, not yet. She'll be here soon. And he'll be like, well, how's she going to get out of your belly? And I'm like, okay, how do I explain this to a three-year-old? He's like, is the doctor going to get it out of you? And I was like, yes, the doctor will be getting the baby out when it's time. And he was like, well, she's going to need pliers. And I was like, oh my gosh. I Yeah, I was like, yep, yeah, she will. <laughs> kind of just left it at that. And then there was another conversation I had with him that just went around in circles because he was genuinely baffled that the baby would be staying here with us, like living with us long-term. 
Like she's not going anywhere, you know, because we have nieces and one of them is young. Jude has been around her since she's been little and he loves her. He's very protective of her. So sweet around her. It's so cute. But obviously they leave and they go home. And so I think the idea for him of having a baby in the house was like, wait a minute. She's not going to like leave when we're done. Like what, where, like, where's she going to sleep? He asks those questions a lot. Like, where's she going to sleep? Whose food is she going to eat? What toys is she going to play with? I'm like, buddy, (laughs) don't worry. We've got it covered. But mostly I think he's going to be a very sweet and protective older brother. There are certain things where he's been very adamant about like she will, she's not allowed to play with this specific truck. She can have this one, but I don't want her to touch this, 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 and this. So, you know, he's going to have his own space. The good thing is I... I'm now grateful that he's going to be four when she's born because at first I was really mourning the loss of time between them, I guess. Like my brother and I were two and a half years apart and we were always very close. We still are. Like he is just my buddy and it's been great. Like we've always had a good relationship. And so I always thought, oh, I'd want my kids to be like two years apart. Obviously that didn't happen. And obviously you can't always plan that out perfectly, but now I'm very grateful because the fact that Judah can get up by himself, go to the bathroom, get himself dressed, get something to eat, entertain himself in the morning, play independently, you know, I'm like, yeah, that works for me. I can, I can deal with the baby and we can have our own time and I won't have to worry about where's Judah. Like I can communicate with him. He understands. So in the end that really worked out and I'm grateful. It really has been such a sweet season of just watching Judah grow. And I just love that boy. He's so sweet. If you know him, you just, he's just really special. He's really funny and he's really smart. And he's just like, he's one of a kind, (laughs) but yeah, can't wait to see him be a big brother. Next question. Actually, let me get a sip of tea here. I don't know if you can tell, but my allergies are really bad. So my voice is kind of yucky. So if that's bothering you, so sorry. It's bothering me but we're chugging the tea with honey over here. Okay. Next question. Am I doing a hospital or a home birth? Okay, y'all. Let me break this down. I don't know if I've ever fully shared Judah's birth story on the podcast or anywhere really. I mean, I've shared bits and pieces of it, but for those who don't know or are curious, I will just quickly fill you in on my history and why we are deciding to do things the way that we're doing this time. So when I found out I was pregnant with Jude, I was so set on doing a home birth. I have a lot of friends who have done natural births or birthing centers or home births and had a great experience. And at the time I was like, I love that. And one of our really good friends was a midwife, like Chris, one of Christopher's best friends, his wife is a midwife. And so I was like, she'll be my midwife. It's going to be great. It was literally the best time you guys like she came to our house for all of our appointments. It was glorious. Like if I ever needed anything, she was there for me. I could just text and call all the time with my crazy questions. It was amazing. I love midwife care and would 10 out of 10 recommend it if you feel like that's the path you want to take. However, I did end up having complications in my pregnancy with Jude. I developed cholestasis in my second trimester, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically a liver malfunction in pregnancy where your liver leaks bile into your bloodstream and causes you to itch from the inside. It is torture on another level. I could not sleep. I was itching head to toe. Nothing helped because it's like an inside itch. So at the end, we had an option to either induce or schedule a C-section. Now, the thing is, 
I could have gone for an induction, but at that time we for sure weren't doing a home birth anymore. And we were like figuring out, okay, are we going to transfer to a birthing center? Are we going to transfer to a hospital? What are we going to do? Well, at 37 weeks, you guys, this boy decides to flip breach. So I've got that going for me now. Itching head to toe, just totally tired, miserable, ready to be done. And so what it came down to was my midwife advised transfer care. It was just something at that point where she felt like we would probably need more help. And so what we ended up doing was transferring and scheduling a C-section. I chose that route because thing with inductions are it can make your labor longer. It can cause more problems. And because he was breech, there was no guarantee that it wouldn't end in a C-section anyway. And so because I was already so exhausted from the lack of sleep and feeling so miserable, I chose to just opt for the C-section because I wanted to make it as peaceful as I possibly could at that chance, at that time because everything else had been just ripped out from under me. None of my plans worked out the way I thought they would, but in the end, it ended up being fine. I did have some issues postpartum with him as well with hypertension and like eclamptic symptoms. Had to go back to the ER, but other than that, it was fine and he was healthy and all was well. And then you guys know... Um, when we started trying for our second baby, I ended up having three miscarriages. And even after my pregnancy with Jude, like postpartum with him, until we started trying for a baby again, I was having a lot of health issues. I had a lot of gut issues. Um, and I also had like just weird hormonal issues, extreme fatigue, adrenal fatigue, and just lots of things out of whack. And so going through miscarriages and then having all these other issues. Like it's just been a very, very long journey. All of that to say my midwife from Jude's pregnancy, sadly, I mean, love it for them, but they moved to Washington. And so she was not an option for my subsequent pregnancies. So I actually reached out to my functional medicine doctor to see if she would recommend an OB who was at a hospital, but practice more holistic care and would like advocate for me like a midwife would. And she recommended my current OB and I've been with her through all three losses and this whole pregnancy. She's been amazing. She's literally been just such an angel. So kind. Like she's personally called to check on me after my losses. She's run extra tests, like whatever she could do to help me feel comfortable and knowledgeable about the situations. She's been there for me and I have felt so supported. So going into this pregnancy with baby sister, I am going the hospital route. I feel like it's the safest option for me because the thing with complications in pregnancy, if you have any kind of conditions in one, the chances are pretty high that you will have similar issues in subsequent pregnancies. So I actually am having a couple like minor things going on, like high blood pressure, a little bit of eclamptic symptoms, but nothing too crazy yet. So right now we're monitoring, but it's looking like I'm going to go for another C-section because if I were to be induced uh, with high blood pressure, again, it could become emergent and then I would have to be put under for a C-section, which I just don't want to do. I want it to be as peaceful as it possibly can be. And um, yeah, so I've talked through a lot of options with my OB and this time I'm going into it very open-handed because I know how quickly plans can change. And obviously when you're in labor or when things are happening that close to due dates, like it's all up in the air anyway. But at the end of the day, we're just glad that we're close to this baby being here and we just want her to be healthy. And I want to be healthy and make it just as sweet as it possibly can be 
while also being very flexible and having open hands. <laughs> so that's the plan right now. We'll see. I'm currently 31, 32 weeks ish. And so, yeah, we're getting really close. Ugh, it's crazy. I feel like I recently let it soak in. I was trying to explain this to somebody recently. I was like, I feel like it took me so long to really let this pregnancy soak in because I don't know, like, you know, like if you go through a loss, you get it. Like, even if you haven't, like, it's just pregnancy is wild. Okay. And like, you just never know what's going to go on with baby or you like pregnancy does crazy stuff with your body. And I went into every appointment for a long time, just prepared for anything like expecting or not expecting, but just just going into every appointment kind of like, okay, you know, we're, we're going to be ready for whatever. And so I feel like finally, once I got to the third trimester around 28, 29 weeks, it hit me that, oh my goodness, I have made it to the third trimester. This baby is real. I feel her kicking. Like she's, she's active. She's healthy. She's happening. Like this is happening. And then I found out about the high blood pressure and the fact that I could have to be induced early. And so now I'm in this whirlwind of, oh my gosh, it just hit me. I'm having a baby. And now I have like six weeks to prepare. This is insane, but also I love it. <laughs> and we're really excited. So anyway, that's the bulk of what's going on with baby sister. I'm so excited for her to be here. I literally cannot wait to squeeze her cheeks and cuddle her up all winter long. It's going to be a dream. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit on the baby stuff. Next question. What's my biggest fear? We're just diving right in here. You know, I, I feel like I've talked a little bit about it on the show, but my, one of my biggest fears is failure, which is pretty broad, but for me, okay, let, let me give you a little bit of a background here. If you're new here, or if you don't know, if you're not an expert on me, which I don't expect you to be, but I am type A planner, Enneagram three achiever to the T like I love all things, productivity and goal setting and aiming really high and having big ideas and dreams and trying to execute as much as I can. I feel so much fulfillment and joy when I'm able to see a goal or dream through. Like I just, it just thrills me like nothing else. And so to me, the idea of trying something and not being good enough for it, which y'all, if you haven't listened to the episode where I talk about what is your fear telling you, go listen to it. This will make a whole lot more sense. But I just have this fear that this underlying fear, okay, here's a little crash course, basically what, what I've learned about fears. Fears are lies that we've disguised about ourselves, like things we've been believing about ourselves or situations, and they manifest themselves as these fears. And so for me, I'm afraid of failure because what that would communicate to me is that I'm actually not good enough to accomplish the things that I thought I could, you know? And to me, it's scary that somebody else might see me fail and also think that I'm not good enough. Like no one would want that, right? Like that's a terrible feeling for someone to be like, what a joke, like nice try buddy kind of thing. Um, that terrifies me because I want to be successful and I want to do a good job. And there's a lot to that. Okay. We're, I, I'm in therapy. All right. But yeah, I would definitely say fear of failure is my biggest fear. Also have this really big fear of the ocean, which isn't as like rational, but I mean, yeah, I guess it is. Come on, let's be real. The ocean is terrifying. I just, the idea of being in the ocean and not knowing what's swimming in there, 
I mean, we don't know what's in the ocean. The bottom of the ocean, that's terrifying. I just cannot with the ocean. I do like going to the beach, but I will not go into the ocean farther than I can see my feet or like, I don't like, I just, I don't like the idea of being washed away into the great abyss and, and I don't know, being next to a whale. Like those are humongous and terrifying. I can't. The ocean, I don't know. Okay. So those are my biggest fears, failure and the ocean slash whales. <laughs> next. Okay. I love this question. Favorite books that I've read recently. You guys, I have not been keeping up as much with posting what I've been reading, but let me pull out my Goodreads. Okay. If you don't have Goodreads, you should. It's like social media, but it's just about books. Like you can see what your friends are reading and you can track what you're reading and rate things and leave reviews. It's it's very fun if you're a bookworm like myself. I have actually not been doing that much reading, which is so sad, but I've been so tired lately that at the end of the night, if I pick up a book, I will immediately fall asleep. So <laughs> I haven't read too much. I mean, okay, what is this? July, I've read 45 books this year, which I guess is still pretty good, but I've been listening to more audiobooks this year as well, just because I'm able to be more aware when I'm driving than I am at the end of the day when I would typically read. So some of the really big ones or some of the really good ones I've read lately are Dream Big by Bob Goff. Oh my gosh. Y'all know I love Bob Goff. This book is so, so, so good. I highly recommend it. If you are a dreamer or you just want to live more inspired, that's a great one. I have also been binging books by Frida McFadden. Oh my goodness. Okay. So my friend Belle, she, she was on the show a while back, but she is so fun and she's a big reader as well. Y'all need to go follow her, Belle Grubb. And she has a podcast, The Inspired Lady. She's cute as a button and I just love her, but she told me about Frida McFadden and I am now obsessed. She writes these thrillers that just that keep you on the edge of your seat and you're like, I thought I had this figured out. And then plot twist, I, I don't know what's happening and I can't put it down because I need to know what happens. And they're just so good. So I went through a phase where I read like eight of her books in a month because I just literally couldn't put them down and they're all on Kindle Unlimited. So love her as well. And then what's one other one I read lately? Oh, here's a good one. Okay. I also read Digital Detox by Molly DeFrank. It's all about how to create healthy tech boundaries in your home, like for yourself, for your spouse, for your family, for your kids. Very, very good. Highly recommend it if you want to learn more about like how tech is affecting you, your family, your kids, your mental health, all those things. That was a great one. So I would say those are my top books from recently. But if you have more recommendations, send them my way because one of the things that I'm most <laughs> looking forward to this time around with baby, which may sound so funny, is is the fact that I have my Kindle. And so when I'm nursing, instead of scrolling on my phone, I can read, I can listen to audiobooks. It's going to be glorious. Like I'm going to be lounging and just reading my Kindle and cuddling my baby. I cannot picture a more perfect world. It's going to be wonderful. So send me your recommendations if you have them. I'm building out my maternity leave reading list right now. Next question is, what is it like working as a mom? This is such a great question. Somebody asked me about, you know, I actually get questions about this pretty often in person. And it's usually from my friends who are like, Hannah, are you okay? Like, how are you doing all the things that you're doing? And I think it looks like I'm doing a lot more than I actually am. And so if it seems like I'm just doing the most over here, let me peel back the filter for a second and let you in on my real life because working at home 
as an entrepreneur slash creative slash content creator and a toddler mom who's about to have a baby while her husband is also an entrepreneur and pursuing all the things, it is tricky. Okay. It's very tricky. Most of the time, my work day doesn't start until 8 p.m. once Jude is in bed. So he's three. He no longer takes a nap every day. I miss that sweet time. But in the day, I'm mostly just momming it up. And we are running around, playing outside, swimming, whatever it may be. And then I do the bulk of my work in the evening. So I am batching tons of content. I am editing reels and podcast episodes and everything far in advance. So if it looks like I'm doing a lot, what you probably don't realize is that I'm recording most of my podcast episodes and most of my content on the same day. So like if Christopher is home uh, during the day, I will sometimes take the day to schedule my interviews and prep content, whatever I need to do. He'll take Jude for a little bit and I just bang it out. And then from there, I'll just work in the evenings or whenever I have little pockets of time. And that is what my life looks like right now. It is pretty wild and it is tricky, but it is possible. Um, it's actually so wild. I mean, I talk about this in some of the recent episodes as well, but just how crazy it is. I'm, I'm just, I'm anticipating the slowing down season that's going to happen when the baby gets here. And I'm just, I, I've just come to this point in my life where I really, really still value my own dreams, my own purpose, my own projects, you know, like I, I'm just, I'm very passionate about that. And I talk about that a lot. You guys know, but I am learning also just to give a better yes and to use my time in the most effective way that I can in a way that still serves my values and what matters to me and to my family in this season. And it changes, you know, but right now I'm a pregnant mom. I'm here at home with my toddler who needs time and attention. And honestly, it's just been a sweet season to soak up time with him. So right now, that's my priority. And I'm so grateful to have a supportive husband and the time and opportunities to still do my own projects. But I'm not running as hard and fast as I want to or could in this season because other things are more important. I am excited for a season when I come back around to being able to do more content and do more fun things, more events, like all of that. But it's been a pretty minimal season behind the scenes and it's been really good. Like it's been what I've needed just to be able to rest, to stick it to hustle culture. You know, like I <laughs> I was joking about it with somebody the other day, like how I've really gotten the chance to practice what I preach because I'm so passionate about helping women understand you are called to a purpose that's specific to you. And no matter what season of life you're in or what other roles you serve, whether you're a wife or you're a mom or you're a student or you're, you know, taking on some other responsibility in this season, you you still have a purpose no matter what you're doing in this season. And so I'm so passionate, especially about helping moms realize you can still pursue the things that God has put on your heart. Like they're there for a reason and you can be a present mom. It just looks different than the world says. Like we see a bunch of mom influencers or people out there who are students and traveling the world and like doing all this content creation. And it's amazing. It's super inspiring. But if I'm being super honest, 
I do not have the time for that. I do not have the capacity for that. And I'm hearing all these messages about like, oh, if you want to grow, you have to post five reels a day. You need to do this with your podcast. You need to do this, 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 and this to help with visibility and growth and make more money and do more of this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I love it. I love all the things. I have a million ideas racing through my head. (laughs) Speaking of, sorry if you just heard Jude come in the house, but this season just looks different for me because my priorities are different and there are different things that need my attention. And so anyway, that's what it's been like as a working mom lately. It's definitely challenging, but then I have to remind myself, you know, one day these kids are going to be in school five days a week. And I can't even imagine what that time will be like. Can't even imagine. And I also have to remind myself, not every idea has to be done right now. So I've been processing things like that, but mostly working as a mom means prioritizing being a mom. And then when I have little pockets of time that I can, prioritizing my work. It just looks different in different seasons. But yeah, and that brings me to the last question, which is, will I be taking a break from podcasting when the baby arrives? Yes and no. (laughs) My goal is to record as many interviews as I can so that I'm still pushing out content for you guys. Um, But back here behind the scenes, I'm able to just rest and heal and be with the baby and not have to be creating content. So my goal is to still have as many podcast episodes coming out regularly for you guys as I can. And then, you know, just kind of seeing where it goes from there. But I am planning some really exciting things for the new year. And so I'm excited for what's to come. I have truly been blessed this year by the growth we've seen in this podcast and the conversation that I've had with you guys who are listening and the guests that we've connected with. I'm just, I'm feeling really excited for the future. So if you have ideas or of like topics or people you want me to interview, things we should have on the show, let me know. I love hearing your feedback. It's so much fun to be able to plan and brainstorm. And honestly, I was talking to someone recently too, another mom friend about how much clarity we get in those seasons of slowing down. Like there's so much talk of hustle culture. Everybody's rushing around and trying to achieve and accomplish and be successful and grow and whatever. But we forget that a lot of the times the clarity we're looking for comes in the slow seasons. And Oh man, you guys, we did a workshop with Chantel Nelson recently. So good. If you want the replay link, message me and I'll send it to you. But she was talking about seasons. And after this workshop, I was messaging her and just saying, wow, I needed to hear that. It was so profound. Like going into this maternity season, I feel like, oh my goodness, I've, I've built up so many things in my business and in my life and this community and relationships and all this. And it's all about to change. Like it's all about to get very slow and look very different. And it's going to be amazing. Like I I want that. Like I want this slow season with our baby girl. Like I don't, I wouldn't change that for anything, but it is weird to think about like, okay, what does this mean for everything that I've been building? Like it's this opportunity, definitely an opportunity to trust God with the timeline and how things are all going to work out. But she was just saying, it sounds like you're in a winter season. And so many people dread the winter, you know, kind of seasons because it seems very bare. Like it feels like a lot of things are being stripped away. It's uncomfortable. It's slow. It's quiet, but it's not a wasted season. The winter season is actually the time when we can see the farthest, get the most clarity, get refueled. Because think about it. Winter is when everything is resting to prepare for the growth that's about to take over in springtime, like and just thrive and 
blossom and bloom, which is so crazy because this year my word for the year was bloom. And so I'm just, it's been really sweet to see how God's connecting the dots behind the scenes. Yeah. It's, it's just, I'm excited. So all of that to say, um, I'm hoping to leave you with as much content as I can while I'm snuggling with baby girl and soaking up all of that time with the newborn stage, but I will be back and we've got a lot of fun things to come. So stay tuned. I love you guys. I'm so grateful for you and I hope you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWord Show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.